Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I am so thrilled to be here today talking about something that matters so much to me that's really factored in um, so much of my work in courage and hope and why I am so excited for this March 8th um, International Women's Day. To me, I want to um, talk about why equality matters why we need to be using our voices and how to claim our courage and our power in this area. I am so excited and I have so much to say and I don't even know how to organize my thoughts or organize my, um, just how I want to frame this conversation. But I wanna start with this idea that we all matter. We all have value we all are worthy. We all, depending on your religious um, orientation, we are all children of the divine of God. I believe that we all should be committed to equality and also committed to the courage it takes to call for equality. Now, I want to say this before we get started. I was co-president uh, of the Commission on the Status of Women at the University of Kansas when I was in undergrad and grad, part of grad school. And along with a dear friend, um, her name was Jana Mackey. Jana fought tirelessly for the underrepresented, for the women, for um, women's voices, for um, marginalized communities. Jana was um, incredibly strong and thoughtful and kind and generous and was an incredible friend. One of those dear people that could hold you um, without judgment and without um, expectation. Um, and she was a lobbyist for now. She was in um, law school um, at KU. And her life was shut, um, cut short by an ex-boyfriend. Um, she was killed. She was murdered. Um, and I still struggle, if I'm honest, to make sense of this unspeakable act. But what I know to be true is that Jana's life of service and her continued legacy, thanks to her dear parents, serve as a reminder to all of us that we deserve safety and peace and power. And this is courage. I will link to this. Um, it's Janice campaign. They do trainings. They have created an incredible network that calls for action, that calls for us to revisit what we think about violence, domestic violence, partner violence, um, dating violence that calls us to look at the way we frame power and how we make decisions. So I'm gonna post that in the show notes. And I stand firmly by the truth, by the belief 
that we are all called to greatness. That we are all called to speak out, to speak up. We know this, that empowered women empower women, right? Empowered people empower people. This is courage, my sweet friends. I feel my calling my work is to support women and children and men to recognize and claim their power and their ability to make decisions for themselves and their belief in their ability to make decisions for themselves. I mean, this topic in the Courageous Life Society is, right, courageous decisions. This is courage, sweet friends. This year has been so tough, so overwhelming in so many ways. We've been thrown for loops in, unprecedented, in this unprecedented time. Not only the COVID pandemic, but the heartbreak of racial inequality in our country and understanding that what we do and what we say matters, that our words matter, our beliefs matter, how we treat others, matter, how we treat ourselves matter. I mean, frankly, that matters the most. And it is so important that the United Nations has announced that this year's International Women's Day topic is women in leadership, achieving an equal future in a COVID-19 world. They are working to celebrate the incredible work and efforts of women and girls around the world by shaping a more equal future and recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. And what we know, sweet friends, is that so many women have been impacted almost disproportionately impacted. Women who have had to quit jobs or lose their jobs because they have to take care of their children and supervise virtual schooling or take care of a sick one when they are sick with COVID and they have no out. They have no safety net. They have no voice. They are stuck. They feel like they lack the power. It has it has brought us to our knees emotionally with our mental health. And, and so many of us have been impacted, whether it's grief, whether it is loss in, in various ways. Loss of our sanity, loss of our free time, loss of our freedom. And we sit here on the edge of change and we don't know what to make of it. We see the immunizations on the horizon. We see, but what is left of our lives when we have had to pick? It is like putting out fires. And how do we pick up the pieces of the pain that has come from this, this belief of these biases? And I want to get to that. I will not forget that. But I also love... Because as I discussed that I am a lover of the Commission on the Status of Women. Thank you, Eleanor Roosevelt. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams, right? 
It is also aligned with the priority theme of the 65th season of the Commission on the Status of Women, Women in Public Life, Equal Participation in Decision Making, and calls for women's, this is a quote, women, not, you know, sometimes I just do air quotes for the, I, I air quoted COVID-19 last night. Really? That did not deserve an air quote, but this is, I'm quoting them. Women's right to decision-making in all areas of life, equal pay, equal sharing for, of unpaid care and domestic work, and end to all forms of violence against women and girls and healthcare services that respond to their needs. Oh, sweet friends. We also know I serve on um, the board of a local domestic violence shelter, uh, Women's Wichita Family Crisis Center. And women and children have been, um, because of lack of economic certainty or even stability, um, being at home, women, children, and, and some men have been, subjected to domestic violence in such a higher number. And I wish I could remember the actual percentage of increase of cases nationally and locally. I will find it and put it in the notes. But I want you to understand that this time has been so hard for some of us, for all of us in different ways. And how are we like coming to terms making sense of it. And also, how are we holding space for others out there? How are we making sense of their experience? How are we blaming? How are we shaming? How are we saying, well, they should have tried harder? And what does that mean about us? I want to piggyback my topic from last week on cognitive distortions. And I wanna talk about bias because I believe bias is a form of cognitive distortion. I, I wanna just name some of the common biases at play when we are talking about equality, when we are talking about gender equality, racial equality, pay equality. <clears throat> and I wanna talk about some of those distortions. You can find this um, on the internationalwomensday.com website or in your Psych 101 textbook. And I want to say why it matters. How many more, how many times more often do men interrupt women than other men? almost three times more often. In a study of performance reviews, what percentage of women receive negative feedback on their personal style, such as you can sometimes be abrasive or write my favorite, you are bossy, and what percentage of men receive that same type of feedback? I, I couldn't believe this. 66% of women and 1% of men. What percentage of black women have never had an informal interaction with a senior leader at their company? 59%. Sorry, I kind of screamed that. I kind of, I can't, you guys know I can, I can get worked up, can I? And I want to talk about first, 
let's talk about likability bias. It's rooted in these age-old ideas, expectations, thoughts, beliefs, right? They're manuals that have been passed down to us. And what we do, I believe in the Courageous Life Society, is we're always looking at our manuals. Whereas we expect men to be assertive, right? So when they lead, it's perfectly fine. It feels natural. And we expect women to be kind and communal. Nothing wrong with that, I want to say. But when they assert themselves, we like them less. This is the likability bias. It's hard for me to, to talk about. Um, but I grew up with this idea. It was my own bias. I struggle with this bias today, not putting it on others. I put it on myself. I don't want to be too assertive. I don't want to say things I want to be liked. I want to be kind and communal, which I believe I am called to be kind and communal. We are not engaging in all or nothing thinking, sweet friends. We, we can't be, we can be assertive and kind and communal. It's not all or nothing. Okay, let's talk about performance bias. It's the deep rooted and incorrect assumption about men and women's abilities. We underestimate women's performance and overestimate men's. And this is also, you have heard me talk about a, attribution bias, attribute, we attribute, why is that word so hard for me? Um, women, as we decide that their skills are where they're less competent than men. And we tend to give women less credit for their accomplishments and blame them more for their mistakes. And okay, so those are some biases. Do, do you engage in that? Here's the deal that we often, I, my favorite thing to do is, is um, to look outside of myself and not look inward. What we are doing in this work, we know we can't change anybody else. We can use our voices. We can educate. That's what I do every day. But I cannot force someone to look at their biases. I can educate and invite and engage and empower, but we are not in charge of anybody else. How do I say that? We can have expectations in the workplace, but in general, and we can have expectations of how people treat us, but people's automatic negative thoughts and limiting beliefs inform the biases that they think and feel. Affinity bias is what it sounds like. We gravitate towards people like ourselves in appearance and beliefs and backgrounds. And we avoid or even dislike people that are different than us. I I am guilty of this in my own life, sweet friends. I want people to be like me. Makes me feel safe. But I've noticed that the more work I do on myself, the less I feel safe in an echo chamber. Because I need to grow. I get this one 
precious life? And am I stuck? I heard someone saying it yesterday. Am I stuck in the spiritual kiddie pool or like that shallowness of life? Are you stuck there, sweet friend? And are you okay with that? You might be for the season. You might be just trying to survive and that is fine. Remember, we approach all of this, all of this conversation with compassion and gratitude towards us for being willing to look at our thoughts and emotions that drive the actions we take in this world. And and I found this, um, now I don't know where. Again, not... This is a quote, change isn't just about the big headline moments, the legal victories and international agreements. The way we talk, think and act every day can create a ripple effect that benefits everyone. How are you thinking? How are you talking to yourself? How are you talking to others? How are you talking to your children? The people you work with, how is that benefiting everyone? Empowered women, empower women. How is this working for you? What are you thinking? Look at your biases. I um, recently had had maybe a panic maybe an awareness, maybe a shock. Um, In my house, we are extremely equally um, divided. I mean, in fact, my husband, I almost think is, well, no, you guys know, is an incredible nurturer. And right, remember, he's the one that heats up the, the boy's shoes with a blow dryer. I do not. He is the one that shops for their their clothes. He is the one that will often, I mean, he does look. I have created, because we got later married later in life, whatever. I've I have a marriage that is truly equal. And people will say, really, really? And actually, yeah. I think when I was incapacitated for two months, how how many months? Two months, three. Um, and un, uh, unable to walk down the stairs to do laundry, to do the things, he really, he didn't have a choice, right? And so many women don't have a choice. I was a single mom. I know what it's like to have, to be stuck, to be doing all the things. Why was I talking about this? There was a point. Oh, yes. Sorry. The point was, there is not uh, gender, uh, gendered roles in our house about what a woman, what a man, like, there's just not that. And we've made every intention towards that. And Theodore Stong, age four, comes home from school and tells us that a girl in his class is bossy. First off, I didn't know he knew that word. Secondly, I was shocked. And he said, yep, and she's just going to grow up into a bossy mom. <laughs> oh, Theo. And I, I, I love to talk about this. Not that he's, I'm not ascribing him to be, but it's really interesting 
how we see. And we never called anybody bossy in our house. We've never, but it's so fascinating the way we pick up from our culture, what is, who is bossy and who is not bossy. We had this conversation. Can boys be bossy? No, they're not mean bossy. <laughs> so what does that say about me and the mean bossy one? He's seen it modeled in moms. So I'm so excited because we are doing, we are just learning what it's like. And then we have conversations about it. So what can we do? Have conversations. Women face biases to their race, sexuality, and other aspects of their identity. People face bias every day due to their race, their sexuality, disability and other aspects of their identity and intersectionality, how it all intersects can be at play in any situation. We need to be aware and we all fall into bias traps, even if we don't want to think we do. And knowing bias isn't enough. We have to commit to looking at our thoughts and our emotions and the actions we take. We need to commit to taking action, sweet friends. You can do this deep work every day. In college, this is my favorite story, the Commission on the Status of Women, we decided to create an educational campaign, right? And it was, this is what a feminist looks like. Because feminist believes in equality for all. I feel like, who isn't that, right? I, it has a political connotation. I'm down for it, right? And so I'm assuming this was before, this was like in 2000, who I know some of my friends from college listen to this was it 2002 um, I'm assuming before social media because or maybe Facebook was but I didn't participate in Facebook because um, so we took out ads in the student newspaper we had buttons printed thanks to a grant from my mother and there were little buttons that said this is what a feminist looks like you guys, this is what a feminist looks like, sweet friends. Nothing has changed. We all deserve equality. What are you thinking right now about what people deserve? How are you talking about it? How are you calling for action? It is your time to stand up, to find the courage. This is courage, sweet friends. This is courage. Stand up, speak out. Claim your, your thoughts, your thoughts, claim them. Okay, happy day, sweet friends. Have a great and courageous week. I can't wait to hear what you think about this. I love you all. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you um, soon. Bye. Thanks. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one -on -one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.